0: Welcome to 60 feet sponsored by the program softball training and recruiting today's guest is going to be 2012 Hall of Famer for UNLV running Rebels softball and former alumni from Bellflower high school uh, the Bellflower Buccaneers uh, all American Amy Stewart. All right, welcome, Amy. Hello. Um, it is exciting to have you on here. I've uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, get know you for a long period of time. I've, I've known you since, gosh, I would say fifth or sixth grade, if not even earlier than that. Right. Um, nice. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Uh, this is uh, this is really amazing for us here at the program. Um, we call our podcast uh, 60 Feet," and uh, as you well know, that's the distance in the bases and. We believe that games are won and lost by 60 feet, so exciting to have you on it. We're sponsored by, as mentioned earlier, the program Softball Training and Recruiting, along with Excel Sports Fisher, uh, Fisher Fisherman's Trips, along with uh, Buffalo Wild Wings here in Hemet. If you are looking to do sponsorship programs, folks out there listening, go and see Patrick at Buffalo Wild Wings. He'll set you up for a wonderful team sponsorship. Uh, they do a wonderful job over there and, and also have amazing food. Um, Amy, I've known you since Bobby Sox, um, is that when you found your love for, for the game was, uh, back when you were playing in, in uh, uh, Bellflower Bobby Sox?
1: Well, yeah, definitely. I was very athletic as a child, so I was actually a gymnast when I was younger, and I just started getting taller, and I started branching out and
0: playing different sports, and so I had a love for softball, and I just really enjoyed playing it. Well, I- now, you, you talked about it, the love for softball. You were in gymnastics. What what was it that made you make that change? Do you have someone in your life, uh, a, a, your father, your grandfather, a, 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 an adult figure, a coach, anybody that kind of pushed you into that to realize that this is what you have and that you can be successful at it? No, I just think I was um, I was younger, and
1: as I started to get older, I just liked different sports. Um, so when I played in Belfer Bobby Sox, my very first coach happened to be a women's fast-pitch pitcher. I mean, I'm sorry, a men's fast-pitch pitcher. Oh, okay. And he played in the men's leagues locally in Southern California. His name was Bob Antrobus, and he was an amazing pitching coach. And, you know, at that level, pretty much your best athlete becomes your pitcher. So right. I started pitching because of that. And um, he taught me pitches that were my
0: best pitches for the rest of my life. So I was just blessed to have a really good coach at a young age. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, Bobby Sox leads into, um, did it lead into travel ball? Was there travel ball back then? Let's talk a little bit about that. I know there was, but it obviously wasn't to the extreme that we are at now. Um, what was your club or travel ball? I started, my first travel
1: ball team was actually in ninth grade. Okay. And oddly enough, I played a division that was 19 and under. that was one of the divisions back when I played. And I was, again, blessed. I had one of the most amazing coaches, Pam Newton, who still is in the softball world today. And I played for her. I moved on in 16 and under. I had another fabulous coach that's still in the travel ball world today, which is Doug Myers. And then I played for Gordon's Panthers my junior and senior year, which is a travel ball team that's no longer out there any longer, but it was one of the best teams um, almost all of your top players back in the days played for them. Lisa Fernandez, Stacy Newman, um, Julie Adams, is it Bellflowers, Flowers, A.D.? There's a lot of different people played. It was based out of Cyprus, and mm-hmm. we won a lot of national championships playing for him. And again, he was one of the top coaches. So I have been so blessed to play for
0: some of the top coaches in the game that are still out there coaching right now. That's, uh, that's awesome to hear. Now... Now that we're talking a little bit about travel ball, I had a um, Jessica Beaver on a couple weeks back, and we've talked about how travel ball has now gotten a little diluted. Now, I don't want to say that in a negative way. I, I think it's great that the more girls that can get out there and be seen and get an opportunity to play college, uh, no matter what division or level it is in, uh, however there's no longer those top teams that you've mentioned i mean they're obviously they're still there but they're you know it's 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 saturated now you're you're having the purple dragons you're having the yellow bomber jackets um there how how do you feel about that now i know your daughter played in travel ball as well so how do you feel about how travel ball was then when you played when there was those few teams that you know top echelon compared to what it is now
1: Right. Um, back when I played, there was probably maybe four to six teams that were really going to compete, and there wasn't a lot of teams. Um, one thing that's amazing is the sport has grown so much, which has you know, created the platform for many teams to be started because mm-hmm. there's so mm-hmm. many players playing softball, which is positive. But um, I think there is a lot of diluted uh, situation right now because there's a lot of players that... Um, how do I say this, politically correct? They're not very happy, so it's very easy to jump ship and move okay. on to other teams.
0: Same with coaches. They're,
1: they carry a lot of players.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think it's more like a business rather
1: than like a family. And so people
0: will just leave when they need to. It, and I think you hit it, hit that. We didn't actually bring that up last time. I think we talked more about um, these wreck ball all-stars that become the yellow bomber jackets or the unicorns or whatever you want to call them. Uh, when what I and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this real quick. I was I actually umpired uh, a few games about a week ago. I, I did a seven game um, umpiring um, situation that we had, and uh, to be honest with you, I was really disappointed. Uh, the kids that were coming up, um, they the kid they were they had four hundred dollar bats. They had ghost bats. They had Evo shields. They were dressed to the nines. However. They didn't know how to swing a bat. They didn't know how to. They didn't know how to play correctly. They didn't throw correctly. I, so, I I get travel ball becoming a, a business nowadays, but man, they're, they're the talent level is truly truly dropped. And and I too want to say that politically correctly because I don't want to take away from it. But at the same time, there's got to be we got to draw a line in the sand somewhere. I mean, you know, there's it, there's girls out there that can get hurt, and that's when it comes to that's where I step in. You know, as, as right. coach and umpire and, and everything. Sure. You have to
1: look at it from a recruiting uh, aspect as well. It's frustrating sometimes for those little travel ball teams to get seen. So a lot of players, they feel pressured to play on those main teams because those teams control the fields at the tournaments. The college coaches go to those big fields. And some of the other teams that showcases are tucked away in little spots. But you can find some great players, some diamonds in the rough, and – Honestly, you have to make a decision on what's best for you. Mm-hmm. My daughter played for a top team in 16 and under. In 18 and under, we went to a team where she had excellent coaching. She played for Gabe Carrera, who's in mm-hmm. Firecrackers now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she got to play a lot. She got to play multiple positions. And for me as a mom and as a coach, I felt that it would be better for her to play for a team like that and get more playing time rather than sit on a top team that's going to carry 20, 22 players or bring players in for national championships and play them over players that have been with them the whole time so you have to decide what's best for you I was able obviously to help my daughter with the recruiting aspect so it didn't hurt her to go to a small team she's still verbal to San Diego State after she had already gone on to play for that team um so you have to decide you know what's going to be best for you and you know for your child Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, before we get into to Taylor, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Before we get into her career, let's talk a little bit about yours. Um, be- you know, you went, you did travel while well, you mentioned in the ninth grade, but in ninth grade also was the start of your high school career. Uh, a Belfar Buccaneer, you graduated, if I'm not mistaken, in 1991? Correct. Okay. Yeah, it was a year before you. Um, got to to watch you play uh, from a distance most of the time because I was playing baseball across the other side of the high school um, but you were amazing you were an amazing athlete uh, for uh, a pitcher and uh, for oh gosh I can't remember her name what was our head coach's name then at Buffalo. I figure it was Ron Vanderlo he was actually a football coach that took over but my first three years was Joanne Hayes do joint you know miss Hayes Coach Hayes that's right that's right, right. <laughs> it's you know it's funny I, I forget these things but then once so as soon as someone says their name I'll, I'll oh yeah you know but yeah, um yeah. so you had her for three years uh, you came out of the gate you started pretty much right out of the, right out of the gate you we had a we had some really good teams um I, if I'm not mistaken we we went a couple did we go to a couple rounds of CIF
1: Oh yeah, um, we went to the quarterfinals. I think the last two years I played there, mm-hmm. and those were really good games. Back then, you know, Southern California was like the mecca of softball. So even the high school teams—I mean, people played for their high school teams back then. So all of the teams were
0: really good and very competitive. So it was fun. Now we have—you uh, have a little bit of a um, a connection with another. Arguably a great softball pitcher as well, Lisa Fernandez. She played over at St. Joseph's, if I'm not mistaken, in the same, roughly around the same time you played at Bellflower. Am I, am I right? Yes.
1: She's yes. a couple of years
0: older than me. That's right. And
1: then I played against her in college as well. And she actually played
0: for the same travel organization that I played for, Gordon Sampson. Oh, did she? Okay, okay. So, um, Bellflower, All-CIF, MVP. You you basically raked in all the awards, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, I even have a, a one of your your all C I F uh, articles here in the Orange County paper um, that I have up online right now. Um, so there was some, some amazing, <laughs> yeah, it's still out there. You can actually, and that's the great thing about today. Um, if you go back, you can actually look up a lot um, uh, past information. You'll find some articles, and uh, you know have had a chance to do do that just to kind of refresh my my numbers for you. Um, you hold a lot of pitching records at Bellflower High School. Um, you, If I go there, in the, in the after you went on to college, you even came back and coached at your your uh, alma mater. Is that right? I did. I coached for four years at Belfar High School. Okay. In fact, uh, two of them were when my daughter played there. And isn't that great? Isn't that just an awesome feeling to have? To, I, I, I've had the, the last four years. Um, I, I've been coaching at West Valley High for the last six years. The last four years I've coached on the varsity level. Uh, last two years as a head coach and I and my daughter who's now playing in college, uh, she too was with me for four years. It's a great feeling, isn't it, to be able to sit and watch them play.
1: It is, and I enjoy
0: coaching. I don't know if our daughters would have the same answer. if It was great for them, but it was great for me. Um, I can tell you, mine will say no. (laughs) Well, let me. Definitely say no. (laughs) Well, she said. You know what's funny? She says no. She said no. Then she said, and and I also have um, that was that was Alexis. They call her Fish. Uh, Four years, she's a two-time All-American. She too has had a great career in the high school level and is is going on to college. and now I have Guppy, her younger sister, my my youngest. Um, she is a freshman, and she'll tell me she's you know, and even you know maybe your daughter will say the same. When you coached me in high school, you were harder on me. There was never daddy ball with you. Um, mm-hmm. There you were actually harder on us. You would everybody else can miss a ball four or five times in drills. I miss it once, and you're down my throat. And how did you have that conversation with, with Taylor when you had to go through that?
1: hard you know I'm a player I'm competitive so <laughs> it's hard for me to change hats between coaching her being her mom and being the player that I am
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is very competitive um there got to a point in travel ball where when she was in uh, 10th grade I told her you gotta go play for someone else and she actually played for Doug Myers for the Bathusters
2: as well right.
1: which was really cool because I had played for him too and I just quit coaching and I started watching and Late in her junior year, when she moved on and played for a different team, the head coach said, Amy, I need you to coach. And I said, you got to ask Taylor. She has to make that decision. And that was really great because I came on to coach, but I never coached her um, on that team. The head coach was so amazing. Mm -hmm. He would basically tell her everything. So it really made it better in our relationship. And in college, I really didn't say anything to her while she was playing. Um, all of our conversations
0: were after games or off the field and and I remember you posting a lot of those <laughs> that you and would have not. Would say a lot, yeah yeah not uh, your convers- I would even take notes on my phone and send them to her later like this is what I saw and she's like mom you know but I, I'm not in a yelling at kids
1: when you're right. there in college and they're playing I see
0: some fans doing that and that's just not my style so gotcha. I would just write notes and send them to her you know and, and, I, and I think that's amazing um you know, I was mentioning my daughters, and they say that you know when you were there. The funny thing is, is that when they go back to it now, um, you know, my daughter told me she says I, I miss having you in the dugout. She says I know I'm starting my my freshman year. It's not homesick. It's not. It's not any of that. It's that you've shared the dugout with me for the last five, six years, and she says. Uh, I knew if I was doing something wrong, you could fix it for me. You can help me at least, point me in the right direction. She, that was an amazing conversation I had with her. Um, and this happened just literally a couple, about two months ago. Um, and then, uh, so it, it's a great feeling with that. Um, I, I just, uh, my youngest now is starting to, I think, get get that a little bit. You know, there's, when we're on the field, when we're in the dugout, it's one conversation. Um, when we go home, it's a different relationship, even though she still calls me coach at home because I, for whatever reason, I don't people, she still, she'll say dad and I don't hear it. I know it sounds sad, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she says coach and I'm, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, um, sad. but, uh, but they, they do, we do have a very, you know, a very different relationship, you know, in the car at home. And it wasn't always like that. I had to learn. I had to learn. I was, uh, you know, I was the guy that. You know she didn't want to ride home with me after a travel ball tournament or something that she didn't perform you know so I had to learn from that and it was uh, a great coach uh, that she played with at sudden impact Bruce Blake he turned to me one time and he says when you coach him you don't have to coach him every pitch you know he says and then when you go home be a dad don't be a coach you know even though I go by the title because I don't pay attention um, it's a different relationship at home It, it definitely is and I know you were talking about that and that's awesome um, I do see that there are kids nowadays that are in that same boat and it's not that way, you know, and I, I've, I've learned, I've watched kids quit softball because of that, because dad's overbearing or mom's overbearing. And that's unfortunate. Um, but so I, I, when I talk to parents that come to my lessons or play for my teams, um, you know, that's the biggest thing for me is they got to understand that just let them come out and have fun. Let us do our job and, and have right. fun. So. Um, so you got four years of Bellflower high, you go on, uh, I, you know, it's funny after I left Bellflower, um, in 1989, my mom would still call me to tell me how wonderful you did every game. That's
2: so awesome.
0: I don't, do you remember my mom, Pat Wayne, she drove the school bus all the time? Um, I knew. <laughs> she would always call me, you won't believe it, Amy just killed it today, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, mom. That's awesome. <laughs> so you, you have a little bit of a legacy, um. You know, a big legacy at Buffalo High, you go on, you go, how was your recruiting process? Because I know you were recruited Uh, by more than just one school. You were, you know, UNLV, but uh, how was that for you? It was good. I played for a
1: traveling team where pretty much you were going to get recruited if you played for Gordon Panthers. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember practices that was different rules back then where coaches would sit there and our head coach, Larry Mays, would say, hey, if anybody wants to go to this school, just walk over there and talk to them. And, you know, so it was pretty easy, but I was I had a different experience because I was being recruited as a pitcher at some schools and as a third baseman hitter at some schools, so that played into my decision on where to go. Yeah. Um, I took four trips. I went to Florida State, I went to Indiana, I went to Arizona State, and I went to UNLV. Um, I was going to go to Northwestern, and I canceled. Um, I just, I really didn't want to go to that high of an academic school. I know that doesn't mm-hmm. sound great, but I was just about playing at that age. And so UNLV, I just loved it. It was close to home. You know, their
0: basketball program was amazing back then. the uh, um, running Rebs. They had a great
1: softball team, and it was just a place for me.
0: All right, excellent. Now, full ride, if, if, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's all right. Yes. And that's going to lead me into this other conversation. I've had people recently come to me and say well if you take all the money you're spending on these girls for travel ball you could have paid for their college how wrong they are you know i i did a study with my own daughter um for the amount of money we spent for the six years she played travel ball if not i think might have been longer than that seven um we actually had only paid about 10 percent of what her college tuition is now And she's, you know, uh, on the full ride. So, you know, how 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 would how did that play out for you?
1: I was blessed that when I played for Gordon's Panthers, we had a
2: sponsor, so everything was free. Great, It's crazy. Um, That doesn't happen nowadays. and we would travel (laughs) all over the country, and our team was fully sponsored.
1: He would give them about two hundred thousand dollars a year to pay for all of our stuff. So. I didn't have to pay for travel ball, but I did with my daughter, so I understand that experience from mm-hmm. that route, and it is, it's expensive, there's a lot of traveling and there's a lot of fees and things that go into it, but I also believe that kids do a lot better when they occupy their time doing positive things, and travel was a positive experience for me and my daughter, so I don't regret it, um,
0: you know, it's just something that we love to do when we did it. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um... The sponsorship program, you're definitely right. Uh, Travel Ball is now a business. It's no longer. You know, I, I do believe there might be one or two Travel Ball teams but, uh, that are sponsored. But if you go back and you look at the big names, the Corona Angels, Tyson, um, you look at, uh, you know, Tony Rico, a former, you know, Bellflower alum as well, uh, Firecrackers. He, you know, that's all money now. And Tony's done quite right. well with his He's uh, great job marketing great job promoting this program um doing a great job getting these girls off to college as well um so you know definitely see it as a business nowadays and even i have you know as as a coach that for travel ball and for um doing the things that i do with with my company the program you know i'm i'm probably the least expensive person you're going to come across when it comes to lessons because we don't do it to make money here. We do it to keep the lights on. Just keep the lights on in the cage. Keep the you know, um, keep the girls going, getting them to college. and you know, I already know that they have enough expenses, but your daughter played. She played for for Strike Force, um, which at the time she played for uh, uh, Gabe, right? Yes. Yes, and you guys won a national PGF national championship platinum.
1: We did, and that was awesome. Unfortunately, my daughter got into a car crash that summer. Um, uh, she had a broken pelvis, so she didn't play for nine months. So she didn't get to play during that, but she was well enough to be on the bench with us and there, and we had some great players. Right. Great players that are doing good things in college right now. I've been seeing their names, mm. and um,
0: that was a really fun experience. That was a great experience. Awesome. Nate, um, and you—you you helped. You said that you helped coach her on that team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah yes and now i go on i'm just in the beginning of all of this travel ball time and and i'm it strike forces the first team that that my daughter played for um and i'm looking through facebook and i see you with the hat on and i reach out to you and you came down and you actually watched a scrimmage game that we had um and then you sat and helped me talk to my girls about recruiting and everything like that. I just, you know, I've said it to you before. I want to thank you because all, just so you know, those girls that you talked to, all but two are now playing in college ball. That's so awesome. Yeah, and uh, Bree Zavala is at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, Arlene Flores is over at uh, bloomfield uh, college, Alexis, obviously my daughter Mercy College, um, her um, Aliana Zavala, the one that actually, if you remember correctly, she talked with you afterwards about, I think I could have made that play, and coach is telling me not to, and you had talked to her about it. She's going to University of Memphis as a third baseman. Um, so cool. uh, yes, a well, lot. That's what it's all yeah. about. That's why you're there. You want to play and get some scholarship money. Uh, and actually, you know, and the great thing about that time is. Those girls were really just kind of new into that, and uh, some of them were right. still very, very raw. So you didn't get to tr- truly see a lot of their talents. But when you put them in travel ball, you'll see them grow um, quicker than you would anywhere else. Right. And For sure. uh, so, and, and it's great to know that you you you've tapped into the college uh, time over there. I know you've done lessons before in the past as well. So. Taking going back, let's digress a little bit over back to UNLV. You choose UNLV, you go over there, uh, you have a phenomenal career. You had. You were all big, uh, big West Conference honors, um, all American honors, you were a college World Series all tournament team, um, twice the all big West Conference honor as both the pitcher and a designated player, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, you were a five time pitcher of the week. Um, You had a career record of 73-33, and including two no-hitters, 83 complete games, 28 shutouts, 492 strikeouts to go with the very, very low 1.4 ERA, and almost a 70% winning percentage. I think you were at 689. That is truly, truly amazing. And then your final season... You got to, to get this, the bat in your hand. You went out. You hit three hundred or three seventeen. You had nine home runs. Um, amazing, amazing college career. Talk a little bit about the time that you played, especially through Crompton's pro play and into the College World Series. UNLV um, you know, was an
1: awesome experience. I started off as a freshman. We had Lori Harrigan, who's an Olympic pitcher. She's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah. Um, she was a senior when I was a freshman, so it was pretty cool that I didn't throw that much. I think I threw, like, I don't know, maybe like eight games or something my freshman year, but I yeah. got to learn a lot from her. Um, she was our grad assistant coach the next year, so I got to learn a lot from her. Um, my sophomore year, I kind of got thrown to the wolves. I pitched against all the top teams, and I had not the best record that I wanted. So I played during the summer. I played women's travel ball to prepare myself back for college. And my junior and senior year were just amazing. We had an awesome team. We had my senior year, we had five All Americans. So we were a very complete
0: team, great coaching staff. It was an awesome experience. That's great. That's great. Now, you have the career record for uh, wins in a season with 30 uh, versus nine losses. Um, how does that make you feel to know that you still have, you know, records that, you know, at the level of UNLV, you know, that you still hold those records? It's kind of
1: bittersweet. I mean, it's awesome that you have a record like that and it's, you know, it's been there for so long, but then it also says a little bit about the program right now. You know, UNLV, they've been doing really well this year, but I wish that they were better so that they could break through my programs. You know, I would love to see UNLV get back to a place where they could be a top-10 team. You know, we were top-10 all four years I was at UNLV, and that's what I wish for for them now. So, it's kind of bittersweet, but it is cool that, you know, it still stands. And honestly, I owe those 30 wins to my team. Like, again, five All-Americans, they could hit, we played defense. Um, you know, they're the reason that I have those stats as well It's a team sport. but. I mean, it's really
0: cool. It's a cool thing to be able to still look at and show my daughter, and yeah, it's pretty awesome. 2012, they induct you into the UNLV. If I'm if I said that, if I'm not mistaken, it's 2012. Uh, you deducted excuse me, inducted into the UNLV Hall of Fame. What an experience! Tell us about what was going through your mind during the ceremony. You know what?
1: Honestly, it was more. Great for me to have my team inducted in two thousand and eight. So once my team was inducted, I didn't really care about it as an individual. So you get the call, and it's when you're playing, you don't think about this at all. You're just playing. You're having fun with your friends, your teammates, and then you get a call, you know, years later, and you're like, wow, like this is really something special. And um, the ceremony was awesome. I was actually kind of a groupie because there were so many awesome alumni getting inducted jerry carcanian our basketball coach was there um kenny main from espn he was inducted the same year i was there was just it was just a thrill to have all of them i was dancing with icky wood it's just to be a unlb rebel was so special to me and it's like it was a family back then and i loved playing at that school. and so for them to honor me with that and to look at you know the people that are in the UNLV hall of fame that Stacey Abrams, Larry Johnson, mm-hmm. all of those people to have my name included in that was pretty special. But for me, the team, the team induction, it meant everything to me because
0: I felt like all of my team members deserved to be recognized for the season that we had. Wow. Okay. So, so real quick, um, you've named some names out there that people have, you know, obviously all got to watch on TV. Um, that had to be, you know, like you said, you're starstruck at some point. You're sitting in there in awe. Now. Yeah. But you're a celebrity yourself. I mean, you went on. You didn't. You you, you played a couple of years in the professional leagues. You also were on uh, USA national team. Tell me. You told me that story about the opportunity that you got. Um, go ahead and tell that again for our for our listeners today.
1: So what happened was after college, um, I had my daughter, and I was coaching in high school, and I just had my daughter. Gosh, maybe like four weeks prior to this, and. They were playing an exhibition tour down here in Lakewood, California, mm-hmm. um, which is now the Lisa Fernandez Stadium down in Lakewood. Right. And so I was asked to play on the pickup team, and they were playing an exhibition game against the USA team. Um, I told them, you know, I just had a baby like four weeks ago, and they said, you're not really going to have to play. You're going to be fine. Just go down there. We just need players to be out there. Mm-hmm. So I actually got the opportunity to play. I started the second game, and we won. Um we beat the USA Olympic team one to nothing. Uh, I threw, I think, a three hitter, something like that, and it was incredible. It was just, I mean, they lost one game on that tour. They were 69 and one on their tour, and I think only one other American pitcher has beaten since. Um, I want to say Virginia Tech, maybe. But mm-hmm. um, so I beat the Olympic team, which was outstanding, and because of that, I got invited to the Olympic Festival that next year. Um, and that was in Michigan and it was the top 60 players in the United States and it was great to go out and just compete against you know the best softball players in the world and so that's how I got invited to play for Team USA um, <laughs> after that you had to make a decision at that
2: time whether you would be a professional or amateur so right. I quit pursuing the dream to playing for the national team and I went to the pros, and so
1: I only played one year for the national team but it was a great experience to
0: play with peers that you played against your entire life and Mm -hmm. you know that was that was really cool that's that's awesome i you know when you told me that story or excuse me told the girls that story um it was uh back when you came out to visit our our travel ball team they were i think 12 and under at the time um a lot of them were in awe. You know, they were awe. They were like, oh my goodness, you know, they started putting it together. You know, I, I think right. sometimes those younger girls don't seem to understand it, um, but then they started putting it together. Okay, wait a minute, you know, uh, we're, we're standing in front of us, you but know. I think the moral <laughs> of that story, which Sue Enquist from you say, is one of my favorite all-time coaches,
1: uh-huh. and she
0: says something that I will never forget is the team
1: does not know the game does not know what team is supposed to win that day, and right. when you play against teams like that, I you know I tell my players, whatever caliber, the game doesn't know who's supposed to win. Like right. you're supposed to lose, so you have nothing to lose, go for it. And that's kind of what that situation was, and look at how it turned out. Awesome. You know, you just have to try your best. You're supposed to lose anyway, so anything better than losing is better. So you go for it, and I hope that kids, you know, think about that when they're playing against. Teams that are on paper may
0: be better than them, right. but anyone can win. Absolutely. Now look at Grand Canyon just beating Florida State this year. I mean, oh, wasn't that amazing? Can win, you never know <laughs> who's going to win. Yep, yep. And now there's some, there's even, if you switch over to, to basketball being March Madness right now, I mean, there's some upsets happening left and right in, this, in the tournament already. Thanks. So um, definitely, yeah. definitely. I love that saying the game doesn't know who is supposed to win. I love that. I love that. I definitely, right. we'll probably put that on our website as our quote. Uh, real quick, I'm going to take a quick pause right here. We're gonna we're talking with Amy Stewart, uh, Bellflower Buccaneer alum, and also a UNLV uh, running Rebel Hall of Famer. Um, thank you again. Um, before we go back. Go out and see uh, Patrick Buffalo Wild Wings here in Hemet. Go out and do your fundraising program through them. Um, they are amazing over there. Uh, Excel Sports uh, Sports Fishing out of San Diego. Uh, reach out to us on our website. We'll be more than happy to get you connected uh, for one, for a lovely trip. They got four day trips. They have two week trips. Take you out to the edge and uh, bring in some some wonderful fish. Uh, we have the sponsor main sponsor of the program softball training and recruiting. If you're looking to get your daughter recruited, you need a skills video, um, you need some training, some working uh, on hitting, catching, pitching. We have uh, some amazing coaches with over 35 years of experience on staff. Reach out to us on the website. Um, you can click on the link here on the podcast. It'll take you right to it. Um, Amy, now that we've talked about your, your high school, your college, your travel ball, your college, all the way up to your even your champs and, and national championship, You played a a pro... Where did you play at in the professional leagues? I
1: started playing for the Tampa Bay Fire Sticks in Tampa, Florida. And I played for them for two months. And then I finished that season out in Durham, North Carolina. -hmm. And then my second year, I played in the pros. I went back to Durham,
0: North Carolina. So the majority of my time was spent in Durham. Okay, okay. Now, when when you talk about um, travel ball back then, obviously it doesn't have... Um, it wasn't as well-known, unfortunately, back then as it is now. Uh, and it's still not well-known enough when we talk about it. I believe, personally, that the, the National Pro-Fast Pro, Fitch, uh, Pro, Pro Fast Pitch, excuse me, um, I don't know why I keep having trouble saying that on all my podcasts, um, but definitely needs to be backed by Major League Baseball. What's your feelings on that? I
1: definitely agree. I think that they're fighting for that now, but then... It's also a catch-22 because we just saw the softball be removed from, you know, the Olympics. And a lot of people think that we shouldn't be partnered with Major League Baseball, that we should be our own entity and that we have a following and we have, you know, people backing us. But, um, you know, on the other side of that, the Major League Baseball, they have money and they have... You know, they, they have what we need. So right. I see both
0: points of view on it. Well, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big component on Major League Baseball stepping in because I want to compare that to, you know, the NBA and the WNBA. I think that the MB, you know, the WNBA has been successful uh, because a lot of these teams have been backed by, you know, the professional owners from the NBA. Um, right. And, you know, they, they've been, I mean, it, I think, gosh, it's been 20 years since the WNBA has been around. So people don't realize that, you know, it's been, it has a long tenure. Now, National, uh, you know, Pro Fast Pitch has been around a, a long time as well. It's been titled differently, obviously. Um, there is a great documentary out there called Burn the Ships. Um, if you haven't watched it, I definitely, and you love softball, I definitely think you should. Um, it's It's got, uh, talking about, you know, the struggles that these teams are facing. Um, scrapyard dogs, obviously, they just folded this year. Um, so there's there's some things going on out there that you know I definitely think Major League Baseball. I, I understand about the Olympics. I, I kind of agree with you on that as well. Um, yeah. But if Major League I
1: think is big too. Mm-hmm. We need to branch out to. I think better locations where, you know, people want to watch softball. I know when I was playing in the pros, that was, what, 97, 98? uh Uh, We were backed by AT&T, so AT&T basically told the league this is where we want the teams to be playing and these are the cities that you're going to be playing in. Well, since then they've branched out and I feel like they could branch out, I think, a little bit better to, you know, a little bit
0: more diverse place where people really want to see softball. Mm Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, because right now, if I, what do we have? Uh, what what teams do we have out there now? I think everything is on the mid to mid co- uh Midwest and East Coast. Am I correct? Yeah, um, it's
1: like Chicago, Florida,
0: uh-huh. Ohio. I think New
1: Jersey. Um, I'm not really sure to
0: be honest. I should know this. I can I can actually tell you right now. It's we well because and again, the reason why you don't really you know we don't really know none of us know is because the teams have dropped. Uh, like I said, we don't have scrapyard dogs anymore. It is the Aussie Spirits, the Beijing Eagles, Chicago Bandits, Cleveland Comets, and New Pride. You know, and you Pride is making money off of because they have a a, a big big owner. Um, but the rest of these teams are going. You know, they're you know all most of those are new. So it's a little that's a little concerning. You know, maybe they've changed names from previous from previous games. I think the only two that I remember out of that is U Triple A Pride, Chicago Bandits. But where are, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. Where's, you know, where's the scrapyard dogs and all that? So, here's the thing. Well, and they
1: do have a good following, so I'm not yeah. sure. I feel like they need to really be working with, you know, ESPN and some of those stations to get more of it on TV. We don't see as much. Even back when I played, mm-hmm. I want to say our games were on, like, a Monday night or something, and we competed with, like, NHL, NHL hockey and WNBA and... You know organizations like that so we know people want to watch softball it's just a matter of fine-tuning it to where they can get it on TV and get more exposure I think that's always been the problem with the program when I tell people I played professional softball they didn't even know there was a professional softball league if people don't know there's a league how are they going to watch it I think Really, us getting it out there more and media marketing and things like
0: that are what we need to get it going. No, yeah, absolutely. You look at it, uh, college, if I'm not mistaken, I think they said college softball brings, brings in a revenue of around $450 million per year. And that's why I'm thinking right, to myself, no, this, to me, look how many travel ball teams. Yes, I said earlier, it's diluted, but take that in perspective of how many girls are playing softball. Take that as a good note of how many girls are playing softball. Maybe some aren't, you know, at the level they need to be yet. Um, However... There's so many girls out here nowadays that are wanting to put an Arizona State hat, a UNLV State hat, you know, excuse me, UNLV hat on for softball. They go down to the Mary Nutter for two weekends in a row, and they sell out every game, and it's a madhouse out there. There's, you know, it's it's crazy. I think it's like 30 bucks a day just to get in, and people are paying it left and right to watch these softball games. It, it, it's at its peak, and I think it's, you know, right now it's at its peak, and it's going to go higher. So that's why I'm really disappointed about the Olympics. I think that's really frustrating, um, especially when you're talking about breakdancing should be in there. Uh, <laughs> so okay. breakdancing over softball and baseball absolutely oh. just is killing me. It's killing me. But
1: I think, too, it comes down to locations. If you think about
0: mm-hmm.
1: where should you put you know, a pro softball team, Cleveland, I mean, I'm not to be little Cleveland, but what's the top? <laughs> Right. You know, you need to think about like the Alabamas and the Floridas and the Missouris and where softball programs, the Arizonas, where they have really good softball followings in that state, and I feel like those will be better for some of those teams than where they're located now. you got to follow the colleges, the college fans, you know, where those college fans are, they're the ones that, if they're going to watch college softball,
0: they'll go, they'll go watch professional softball, so absolutely. I feel like that's where they need to redirect their focus. I agree. I think we need teams on the West Coast big time. Um, you you know, California is one of the largest uh, states when it comes to travel ball and, and teams coming out of travel ball. Texas is another. Uh, we lost. Oh, that's the other team we lost. We lost Dallas Charge uh, a year ago. Um, so there's some depth. You know, there's a lot of. But, but again, like you said, we're losing teams in, in like Dallas Charge and it doesn't have, if you go back and you read the articles about it, it doesn't have to do with the fan base. It has more to do with how it's being owned and operated. And I, I apologize if I'm offending anybody there, but it's true. It's the reality of it. Um, I think that's why my belief is Major League Baseball needs to back it, at least sponsorship-wise. Not money-wise, let me phrase that. Maybe just, you know, have some some commercials on and the highlight of Monday night Major League game. You got, uh, you have, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Jessica Mendoza doing uh, Major League Baseball sportscasting. casting See, and if you have her promoting the softball, you already have a female, uh, a woman in there doing a phenomenal job. Um, she's she's outshining Alex Rodriguez in a heartbeat, you know, uh, when it comes right. to kn- knowledge of the game, no disrespect to Alex Rodriguez fans, but she's amazing, and I'm not saying it because I'm a big softball guy. Com- I don't know if it comes down to facilities and they don't want to build stadiums,
1: but You know, back when we played, we played at College stadiums, and they have beautiful facilities now. Mm -hmm. I feel like they could partnership with some of of them and and do it that way. So if you have a team in Alabama and everyone's going to watch Alabama at their stadium, you know, talk to Pat Murphy, the head coach of Alabama, and partner with him and try to get that as a location for one of your teams. You don't have to build stadiums. You just
0: need to give people to go
1: out there and buy tickets to watch the game. Uh,
0: You know what? You're you're dead right. Absolutely. I, I think that's huge um well let's keep our fingers crossed let's see if the olympics change their mind and we don't put break dancing in because you know to be honest with you i don't think you need me supporting breakdancing break dancing as you know you remember correctly in high school i wore those painter pants and those hat backwards <laughs> parachute pants but i wasn't that good <laughs> um but yeah you know, it is it is awful um but uh so you've done all these great things in softball national uh, you know nationally um collegiately travel high school. Your daughter gets into it. We talked a little bit about her earlier. She goes on to uh, a friend of yours, uh, San Diego State University, Stacy Newman, am I right? Yes,
1: Uh, Kathy is the head coach, but
0: Stacy Newman and Mia Longfellow are the assistant coach. Yeah, Mia has a name out here as well. Um, Her family is is from our area. Taylor goes out. She's she we got. I basically got to watch a lot of her games because you posted a lot of them, and um, <laughs> and it was fun to watch her. She had a wonderful yeah. four years. Uh, she did get hurt at one point, and if I'm not mistaken, too, she got to do a little bit of mom. She pitched her freshman year. She did. That was really <laughs> uh, stressful.
1: <laughs> um, Taylor's not a pitcher. Right. She was a high school right. pitcher. I really wish she would have tried. Um, I know with the obviously the having mom as a pitcher, that probably didn't go too well. But I think she could have been a really good pitcher. But she was one of the only pitchers that um, had played in high school and pitched in high school. And we had some injuries at San Diego State. So they needed a couple of kids to come in and pitch some innings. And mm-hmm. she threw about 30 innings. She didn't do bad, actually. She had some super highlights. Um, and then there were some not so super highlights, but she helped her team, uh-huh. and that was a hard thing to do. I mean, I remember watching her pitch on ESPN against UCLA, and this kid's not a pitcher, and she gained a lot of my respect by just actually doing it and right. putting on a face and going out and helping her
0: team. So that was that was really cool. So that's here's what I want to bring up now. Tell me, you know, as a mom, what is the most memorable? Uh, moment that your daughter had in softball that you that you can always go back to?
1: It's crazy, and I hate to admit this, but at least probably every few months, I still watch it. Um, we were playing at UCLA in the region of her freshman year. It was the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth inning. <laughs> it was tied 3-3, three to three, and she had a walk-off home run uh, against Texas to send her team to play the next day against UCLA. And... It was a late night game, so uh, all of it had switched over, so it was on ESPN at the time. Right. Okay. They interviewed her on ESPN after the game. My phone was going crazy <laughs> from all of my friends in the softball world, and Heather Tarr from Washington, and college coaches like, "Oh my God, is that the little Taylor that I used to babysit when she was two? And it was, it was. I still get goosebumps right now to this day, um, remembering her hit that ball. And she had struggled that day. She was like. Over oh, four or something, over oh, five, something really like she hadn't been doing well at
0: all, okay. and she didn't give up, and she had a home run, and she walked it off, and it was it was pretty awesome. That's all, That is great. I actually remember that. Um, I posted yeah. about that, if and I told my friends about that. Um, I told people that I was in the travel ball world with, in the high school world with. Um, that that was my uh, a friend of mine's from high school uh, daughter. We were you know we were all proud of it. Um, and, it, and that's great. That's, I think, the amazing thing about the softball world. You mentioned you got a lot of text messages and phone calls and uh, posts and things like that is it is a big, big yeah. family. It, it really is, and we are all happy for success of every child that's out there And, and when, they, when we see it, so congrats to her on that. Now, what was your most memorable moment for you as a softball player? Uh, for
1: me, I think it was, God, there's so many for me. I feel like that going to the World Series. My in my four years in college, my freshman year we got upset by Florida State, and ironically I had taken a trip there, so that was a really frustrating experience to get knocked out of regional by Florida State my freshman year. My sophomore year we went into the championship game. Um, we were ahead, so the other team had to beat us twice, and they did that. My junior year, we played UCLA, we actually beat them the first day. We went into the championship undefeated. They came back and beat us twice. So by my senior year, it was like, oh, my gosh, this can't happen again. Like, we've been on the brink (laughs) of World Series every single year. And we went to the championship game again undefeated, and we were playing Oklahoma. Patty Gasso, that was one of our first few years there, first, you know, coaching years
2: there. Uh
1: And they beat us the first game, and I was like, oh, my God, this is out of my hands. Our number two pitchers going into pitch. I'm watching from the dugout. So just actually winning that game to advance to the World Series was by far one of the best feelings I've had playing because it was just a four-year struggle that came to right. we
0: finally get to go play at the College World Series. So that's, that was the best game for me. That's awesome. Um, that's really cool. So you know, congratulations on uh, on all your success. Um, you know, Patty, it's funny, you, t- you talked about Patty Gassa. My wife ran into her and just fell in love with that lady. We were in Colorado. I and love her. Had nothing to do yeah. with softball. It had to do with the fact that she has golden noodles like we do. Yeah. so, nah, <laughs> so they got... the most normal, awesome person. And I've
1: been blessed because when we were at Bellflower, Patty coached at La Mirada. So I've known Patty since, you know, my sophomore year, freshman year in high school. Yeah. And, you know, to watch her go from there to Long Beach City to... Oklahoma I mean gosh and even when I was coaching travel ball and we talked a little bit about you know the smaller name teams getting pushed out right. so I remember having a conversation with Patty and I'm like I can't how do I compete with these organizations when I'm tucked on this little field and right. you know people want to come watch them and she said, Amy, we trust you, and we need you to keep coaching. We need teams right. like this. Mm-hmm. We don't want to trust everything from those
0: big-name teams, so you have to, you know, keep coaching. And she's just a great person, and she just goes out and recruits, and I, just, I love her. I think she's one of the most awesome people, you know, in the game. She's great. I had no clue she coached in La I, I, Well, I, you know. She did. That's awesome. And then she went, yes, you're right, Long Beach City. You know, thank you for yeah. bringing that up. I yeah, you're, you're talking about a Hall of Famer as well, and she too comes from yeah. from uh, the Suburban League, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so. Yeah, and back then, <laughs> Suburban League
1: was one of the best yes. leagues by far out of Orange County, too. I mean, we had Mayfair that was great at Colorado. We were really good. So, I mean, that was a really competitive, you know, league, and Patty also had some great teams.
0: Um, you you know coaches uh, there are some really great ones out there. We want to take a real quick moment to remember Coach Mark Campbell. Uh, Mark Campbell was uh, at Pacific University. He was also a big time name in the travel ball world um, with the Bat Busters. He recently passed away, very very suddenly. Um, go to Firecrack or excuse me Facebook.com. Uh, type in Tony Rico. Uh, You can go to a GoFundMe page for Mark uh, Campbell, and uh, they are doing a fundraiser for for the uh, Campbell family and for uh, some uh, foundations that are supported by uh, Mark Campbell. Um, Definitely a big, big loss in the travel ball world and in the softball world. Um, A lot of uh, prayers and love going out to the Campbell family. Uh, Amy?
1: Yeah, definitely. That was a really sad story. So. I definitely send my prayers and wishes to him and all the players that played for him, he was mm-hmm. very loved. Yes. And these players, uh,
0: even I spoke to a few of them the other day, they're devastated. Yeah. So, prayers to him, his family, and all of his players. Absolutely, and and thank you for saying that. Um, I just want to go ahead and conclude today uh, with, with uh, just a real big shout-out back to you. Uh, Amy Stewart, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you've done. I, I know that... You and I didn't see each other from nineteen eighty nine, and I reached out to you about s- six years ago, if not longer. And I'm like Amy, I need you to come talk to some girls. You did so with, and, and it wasn't like you drove down the street either. You drove from you know Bellflower all the way out to uh, uh, the the um, Marietta area. And so thank Bye. you so much. Every one of those girls, of course, you, you know. Time. I still have the picture. I still have the picture. It means a lot to my family and my daughter. You went to lunch with us and sat with them. And um, Again, thank you so much. Uh, Congratulations on your success with softball at the high school level, the travel ball level, the collegiate level, national level. And congratulations again on the success of Taylor. She's graduated from SDSU. She's on her uh, going out and she's living the dream now as a college graduate. So, um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh it's amazing that we can it, well it's, it's amazing we can sit back and say this i feel like just not too long ago we were all sharing a bus going to the same high school to play games we'd head off to baseball and you'd head off to softball and it doesn't seem like it's been that long but it you know it's what geez 30 years and um so um again thank you for coming on to our podcast uh, 60 feet sponsored by uh the program And, Amy, again, I'd love to have you on. Uh, We'll we'll, uh, set up another time to talk um, after maybe the College (laughs) World Series, so when we can recap. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Amy. Wish you nothing but the best, and uh, I'll get in touch with you soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Amy. Bye now. Folks, that was Amy Stewart. Um, She is an amazing young lady um, that I had a chance to go to school with. Uh, had a had an awesome time with her uh, as a friend in high school watching her play. I only got to watch her for two years, and then she she kicked butt after that. Um, she is went on to uh, like I say have a tremendous year at Bellflower High School. Or excuse me, a tremendous career, um, tremendous career at UNLV. So uh, if you once you guys realize for your younger crew out here that's listening, um, you have just listened to one of the greats. Um, Amy Stewart thank you again so much for coming out again we're sponsored by uh, 60 Feet is sponsored by the program softball training and recruiting we're also sponsored by Excel uh, sports fishing you gotta love it you know you want to do it Uh, reach out to us Um, we are uh, definitely you know one of the funnest things to do to get away from the family. They're based out of San Diego. Uh, let me give you their phone number. It is 619-223-7493. It is an amazing crew I know this individual personally. They do a fabulous job. Uh, the Ramirez family. They do they are they are just great, great people. Again, Excel Sports Fishing right there out of San Diego. Uh, 619-223-7493. We also have sponsorship by Bell Fly, uh, excuse me, Buffalo Wild Wings. Got Belfare on my mind now. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings right here in Hemet. Go see Patrick. Tell him that we sent you from the program. Uh, Coach Crawford from West Valley High School, from uh, Sudden Impact, and from the program, uh, that he'll be more than happy to help you and set you up for any fundraising needs that you might have. Thanks again for listening. Come back in a few uh, short days. We're going to have three High school recruits. They're going off to college, um, all playing on the same high school team together. We have uh, Aliana Zavala, Serena, Serena Herbranson, and Anaya Farley. They're going to talk about their experiences, so come on back and listen. Uh, you can listen to us on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, the most important sponsorship we have is Anchor Podcast. They are an amazing group. We thank you so much for putting us out there. And again, thanks for um, all of our fans, and we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, reach out to us. You can hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram at The Program. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at The Program 41. Um, you can email us. Any questions, if you want to come on and be a guest, um, email us at The Program, at gmail.com. And we'd love to have you come on and talk softball with us. So we spent an hour here today. We could spend probably three hours if we wanted to. Um, but thank you all for listening, and we hope to hear. From, uh, hope to have you listen to us again. Thanks.